What's up? Or in my Martin Lawrence voice, what's up? What's up? What's up? All right, that was kind of lame. But welcome to season two of Pageants and Prosecco. (laughs) Thank you again so much for tuning in. And I cannot wait to kick off season two, especially with this episode, because it's going to get good. And I am spilling all the tea or Merlot, as I'm drinking right now, um, on my pageant experience of recent past. So sit back, relax. You might want to get a nice bottle because I have some things that I want to talk about. So let's get talking, why don't we? First, let me just say that it is like an ice storm going on outside right now. So if you guys hear like small little pitter-patter, that's just ice hitting my window. Um, That's what you get living in the Midwest and in Chicago in February. (laughs) So I I think as a quick disclaimer, I just want to say that I put off doing this episode because... I was a little bit nervous to really kind of share my experience, and as I'll explain later, um, it's hard for, I think, pageant girls to women contestants to speak out about some of the issues that we have as contestants because of backlash or because of fear of people saying Oh, you're just saying this now because you didn't win. And it's just like, mm, there's a lot, there's a lot of layers in the mind of a pageant contestant. And I don't think people give us the credit where credit is due. And I think sometimes we have the same kind of excuses or reasoning that some people use for people who are assaulted and try to come forward to tell their story. We give them the same kind of talking to. Oh, you're just trying to do this interview for money or you're trying to get money out that person or something like that. There's always something. So I decided to go ahead and talk about this because not to compare this to obviously a victim of assault, but... I think pageant contestants can get assaulted as well and in different ways and that we experience torture and we're just afraid to talk about it, point blank. So I'm going to talk about it first, but let me just talk about what I'm drinking. So I have a cheap wine today. I have a Merlot. Um... And I think this only costs $3. You guys know I'm a cheap wine connoisseur. So this is a $3 bottle of Merlot called Oak Leaf. It's really good. I don't know why, but lately I've been drinking a lot of Merlots. This one says that it has a captivating nose of blackberries and ripe plum. Complemented by a satisfying finish. And to pair it with lasagna. So I think it's super good. Like I said, it's February. And Merlot is more of a lighter, it's like a Pinot, it's like a Pinot Noir, but to me, I think of Merlot as more blueberry, Um, but it's super nice, and it's kind of nice to have a Valentine's Day. It's lighter than a cab, like Cabernet you have at the steak. Merlot, I would have it with like a salmon, or even a chocolate, anything chocolate, gummy worms, candy, 
I'm trying to think of like a main course. Salmon's pretty good. Probably not a lot of fish, but definitely some meat. Roast beef, meatloaf. Anyway, I know you guys not, didn't really come for that. I hope you have your glasses. I gotta talk. So, to break this down, and I want to do this episode alone because, or this segment alone, this part, because um, I want to share my experiences and I want to talk openly to you guys um, without anyone else's influence. Um, I'm just so nervous to do this episode. But I just wanted to talk to you guys off the cuff about everything that happened to me at Miss Black America. Where do you even start? So for one, this is coming in hindsight. And you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty, Always twenty twenty. And I don't even have twenty twenty version vision. I have contacts and stuff. Um, and I've been wearing glasses since I was in fourth grade. So I don't even have twenty twenty vision. But my hindsight is definitely twenty twenty looking back at this. It has been August, September, October, November, December, January, February. Six months. Wow, six months, really? Since the pageant in August, September, October, November, December, January, February, yeah. It's been a half a year um, since the pageant. And I feel like I'm still recovering. Because now that it's Black History Month, they decided to air the footage that they shot that week of all the girls on stage and off and behind stage. And with administration, I haven't even seen it yet. It hasn't aired yet in Chicago. I don't know if I can muster up the strength to sit there and watch it. But someone just sent me a clip of myself and I look kind of killed. (laughs) So I might just take a peek at it. Um, I just don't want to give them any ratings, you know, at all. I protest like that. So I wanted to talk to myself to tell you about my experience. And looking back, I there was a lot of red flags and I feel like I should have spoke up sooner. But things happen, you know. Um a lot of things kinda happen in the mind of pageant girls. So let me just start by saying I had a lot of fun at Miss Black America with my fellow pageant sisters. And if any of them are listening right now, hi, smack my line. I miss you guys. And I feel like we really was hazed. And we have a nice little fraternity of the 50th anniversary Miss Black America pageant sisters. Call it Moo Beta Alpha or something, MBA. <laughs> but anyway, thanks for listening. And then um, I know you guys can vouch for me on anything I say. So I know that I have at least 23 women or 22 women who have my back on this. Or at least those who spoke out, which is pretty much all of us. So meeting those girls, if I didn't meet the women that I met in D.C., including my roommate, Mariah, I probably would have freaked out. I probably would have had a bigger anxiety attack than I did. And I probably would have just threw in a towel, to be honest. But everybody kept us grounded. And I met a lot of cool people, which like Monet. I talked to her almost every day. Um, she's a person who was also on the episode with Marmel and canceling him. So if you haven't listened to the episode, go back and listen to the episode. Here's the tea. Miss Black America, the organizers... Jay Morris Anderson is the founder, and Alita is his daughter. They, Alita mainly is the one who had all the communication with us, with the girls, or at least with me, via text, leading up to the pageant and during the pageant. She was the executive producer. I highly saw Jay. He was just around sometimes, and he did talk to us a few times. So, I mean, just to get to the point, let me take a sip. Hold on, you guys. Let me take a nice little sip. If you saw my posts on Instagram promoting the season or on Facebook, the Miss Black America pageant is the fire festival of pageants, period. The minute I saw the, doc- the documentary, and I fell, I fell asleep on the Hulu one, um, trying to watch it again. The minute I saw those documentaries, I was like, 
there is so many similarities to what the people who were attending the fire festival thought and us as contestants going into the Miss Black America pageant. And or at least me. I'm only speaking for myself, but I can say that a lot of people felt the same way I did. I'm just very vocal. And a lot of the contestants in their own right kind of like chalk our experience up to the game and just kind of said that it's whatever. They just chalked it up to just a life experience and they moved on. It's hard for me to move on because as you guys know, I'm like invested in pageants. If you guys know me personally, I'm always at a pageant, or at least I try to be. I obviously made this podcast for a reason. I've been Miss Black in Illinois, USA. I'm technically under this Miss Black America title is Miss Black America, Illinois, blah, blah. I competed in pageants since I was a senior in high school. Do the math. Do the math. So I'm not new to this. I'm shrewd at this. Okay. Even though if I don't have all the titles underneath my belt, I've always been in the game. So people who are new to pageants or just doing this just to do it, um, not like there's anything wrong with it, but like I am in it from like a, a mole point of view. Like I want to have my own pageant one day. So I compete in a lot of pageants. Not necessarily to win, obviously to win, but just because I love the industry. I love everything about it. I'm in TV where I actually make makeup and camera ready. Same thing like pageants. I feel like being a pa- being a pageant girl, I feel like I'm repeating myself a lot. Sorry. I feel like being a pageant girl is so empowering as a woman. It teaches me the basics of being a woman, how to walk in heels, how to get fit, how to eat healthy, how to talk eloquently, how to answer a question under 30 seconds instead of rambling like this whole podcast episode, how to how to dress, how to talk to people who are older than you, how to talk to a large group of people, how to talk to a person one on one, how to sell yourself, how to do your makeup. Like no one's teaching you how to do makeup. That's not a class in high school. And on a surface, it can seem superficial. But me being the alpha woman that I am, I love everything. Beauty, shiny, heels, pink. That's just who I am. I'm obsessed with it. Like I am literally like legally blonde. Like I'm I like is I'm obsessed with things like that. And I think I'm a girl. Like so there's some things in this world that are suited for women, which is pageants. And there's some things which are suited more towards the male stuff. But for me, being a pageant is what's bringing everything of me being a woman together and teach me how to be better. And that's why I'm so such a huge opponent of it, of pageants as a whole. And I don't care what people say, you're walking around in a swimsuit, blah, blah. Women have been walking around in swimsuits and being the life of the party for years. So this is nothing new. Um, but... I just love everything about it. And I think it's really empowering. Like, I played the piano growing up. I've been playing the piano since I was six. I'm a classical trained pianist. And there it was only so many recitals I could do in a year. I loved recitals. But the school only offered one, I think, once every um, season, like once a quarter. So it was only four recitals a year. At least in pageants, I can dress up, look cute, wear a dress, and play the piano for you, and then get some money on the way. Like, there's things that help people who aren't, and I was a tomboy, too. I loved sports. Like, I love gym and love running. But there's there's soccer for people who are good at sports and are athletic. And there's pageants for people who like to look cute and don't want to sweat. Well, I guess you are going to sweat. But you guys get what I'm saying. So, for me, pageants is just a part of what makes me a woman. <laughs> just to be a black woman. I just love everything about it everything about it. What I don't love is people who try to use pageants to either A, gain money, or B, do something because they're bored. And I feel like the people at the Miss Black America was doing option A, which is having this pageant just and then putting on something just so they can get money, similar to Fire Festival. There were a lot of problems from the jump about the Miss Black America pageant. And my memory is fading me. That's why I wanted to play 
um, what I said live on Facebook the day I came back home because my memory is fresh. I always have that in case this needs to turn into something else. But there was a real lack of communication, especially when we got to Kansas City. There was confusion as to who was with the pageant and who was with the city of Kansas City and who was who was doing who's who wasn't part of the group you know when we got to Kansas City I landed at the airport I and first can we just say I didn't even know what city this pageant was in until I, I'm pretty sure the summer I think I'm a tickets in May I believe um pageants in August so I we really didn't know where this pageant was going to be at and I registered for the pageant in December, I believe, or the fall, for it to be in August. So we we didn't know where it was like to three months in advance. That's one red flag. So then when we got to Kansas City, someone picked us up. Um, her name started with a C, I forgot. And she was just talking to us. And there was three of us, me, um, Monet, and there was somebody else there. I won't say any names of the girls because... For their privacy, I don't know what they want out there. But I know Monet, she don't care. But me and her and one other person. And we got in this car, this SUV, and they drove us to the hotel. When we got to the hotel, they said, check in 9 to 3 o'clock. My plane landed in the morning. My plane landed at 10 a.m. So she said, I can't even check into the hotel until 3. I am in Kansas City, Missouri. And you're telling me I have nothing to do until 3 o'clock? From 10 o'clock to 3 o'clock, there's nobody. There's no welcome to the pageant. There was no table out. We just got to the hotel, and they said just sit there. But the but the hotel staff did say that they'll t- hold on to our bags for us. So I guess that was nice. But there's, like, nothing planned, nothing structured, nothing from not, nowhere for us to go. They just had us out there. And we're all just like, well... What do we do? And so I went to the store and I went grocery shopping because my focus at that point was to win. And I wanted to buy groceries for that week for me to eat. Because uh, I'm familiar with some pageants who do not feed women properly during nationals. And I wanted to get my own food so I didn't have to worry about all that. So I didn't really go to the pageant, to be honest with you guys, to make any friends. I really wanted to win and I really wanted to focus. I really didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to do anything with other people. To be honest, and I didn't want to spread my energy too thin, too thin trying to make friends. Um, I was really there to win. I did know some of the girls ahead of the time because we had competed before. But, I mean, I was going to say hi. I was not going to be rude, but I really wanted to focus on this pageant. I really wanted, really wanted to because I, I didn't really have a lot going at the time. And I hope that winning this pageant will help me <laughs> level up. Or so I thought. But ultimately it did because it helped birth the podcast. Anyway, fast forward. So it's really hard to go day by day about the week. But just as an introduction to the pageant and the organizer as a whole, we were stranded in this hotel for almost five hours with nothing to do and nowhere to go and no welcome to the pageant. And we didn't even have an we didn't have an agenda. We didn't have a schedule of events. We didn't have anywhere that we needed to be at a certain time. But there was a text, I believe. I don't know how we all figured out that there was a rehearsal that evening at six downstairs in the, of the hotel. And there was two girls there, the choreographers, teaching us opening number. We landed on a Sunday or Monday. The pageant wasn't until the next Sunday. So we're learning opening number the night we get in, and then they tell us to wear our heels. Who does that? On the night that I just landed into this new city, probably completely um, sleep deprived and um, lagged. What what's it called? Sleep sleep lag. Whatever it's called when you when you're on a um, plane and switch time zones. Um. And I had to be in rehearsals that evening, rehearsals on day zero, not even day one, day zero, in my heels. 
And that kind of set the mood for the week. They wanted us to learn the opening number in our heels. We weren't, we didn't learn it all together. This was an elaborate dance that they wanted us to do. I'm not sure about dancers as a whole. And if you guys learn, I, I'm pretty sure you guys have practice shoes and then shoes that you perform in. But you shouldn't have women in heels day zero. Um, and expecting to stay in heels for the next six, seven days during rehearsals, opening number rehearsals, and during the actual show rehearsals. That's just disrespectful to ask because I need to be in heels ready to go by prelims and by finals, which isn't for six days. But yet on day zero, you have me in heels. Pathetic. Pathetic. They also... They also didn't really feed us, you guys. And it's hard to say because did we was there food? Sometimes. Not always. And we didn't really know when food was coming back. Like, we didn't know when we was going to eat during this entire week. They fed us all types of stuff. There's a lot of people there who were vegan. There were a lot of people there who was oh, I don't know, pescatarian, who is vegetarian. And they had us eating pizza. They had us eating um, Mexican food, beans, and cheese. They had chicken on the pizza. People were getting sick, like sick sick you guys because of the food that they fed us and we have a whole interview a swimsuit portion so a lot of people wasn't wearing their swimsuit they wasn't trying to eat like that because they had upon a swimsuit i eat meat so i honestly like didn't eat because i didn't want to eat pizza i can eat pizza whenever i just finished eating pizza i didn't come here for pageant week to win by eating pizza and I believe, if my memory serves me right, they fed us pizza, I think, three times. The first night we were there, we had salad and meatballs. Not meatballs and a salad together. We had meatballs, and then we had salad. And that was only hours after rehearsal when we started asking, hey, when are we going to eat? How are we going to eat? And the poor choreographers who were just hired by the pageant, they didn't work with the pageant. They were just hired by the pageant. They helped us get food, not the pageant organizers, because we didn't even know who they were. We didn't even see them yet. We didn't, I don't think we saw everybody until day two, the people who worked there. It was honestly a hot mess, you guys, I, a hot mess. I'm trying to look up. I put a review on it, and I'm just trying to find it right now. I wrote a whole review. But... The choreographers was helping us eat. The choreographers were the ones who was looking out for us. And the people around us were also looking out for us, too. But not the pageant system. Like, not the people who were there. And they might rebuttal and say whatever, whatever about what I got to say. But they know the truth. They had us out there bogus. Okay. I found my review that I posted about it. So I'm just going to read this. So that way I'm not too all over the place. And then I'll kind of elaborate from there. So I wrote this on September 3rd, 2018. Competed in this pageant for the 50th anniversary and the entire week was awful, distasteful, disrespectful, and disappointing. Have you heard that many disses on a mixtape? <laughs> My fellow pageant sisters and I were all treated very poorly by the administration and put into questionable situations. See, I'm glad I wrote this because, because I have a better memory. Several members of the pageant, the hair, makeup artists, choreographers, photographers, Candy City officials, and former title holders were mistreated, talked down to, given misleading information, and can speak in, and can speak to conditions we all were put through, put through besides the contestants. We were just a small portion of a larger systematic problem in this organization. There is no registration or orientation when I arrive at 10 a.m. That's what I'm talking about. 
They left me in the hotel lobby until 3 p.m. until I could check into the hotel. My sisters, my pageant sisters, and I were not properly fed during pageant week, nor did we, we even receive adequate sleep. Oh my God, I forgot all about the sleep. We were forced to stay in our heels from day one, like I said, for up to 12 to 16 hours a day. And many of the women could no longer physically stand by the time prelims came six days later. <sighs> the second star on the overall experience rating is because of the phenomenal pageant sisters I made that week. We felt used for the management to push their agenda to attract more women's money and money from the host city in the following years. Attendance at many of our events, including prelims and finals, was poor for it to be the 50th anniversary of this historic pageant. This organization is rumored to have collected $125,000. That's one from both the city of Kansas City and us as contestants and I alone. Yet, we ate salad for days straight. And not not even a good salad, you guys. That's just me adding. Not even a good salad. Just the Argola lettuce and that purple lettuce-looking thing. Those kind of salads. No no futons. No futons in there. Croutons. Times. No fruit either, but we were forced to eat salad for days straight, and only two hair and two makeup artists were provided. There was 23 of us, but there was only two hair and two makeup artists. Several of the staff even had the privilege to get their hair and makeup done, and they ate our food when it arrived because we were still in rehearsals. And they even ate, knowing the contestants needed their service. I'm about to get angry all over again. Thus, we ate cold food. You guys, we literally did eat cold food. Like, we'll be in rehearsals, in heels, almost passing out. And the food would arrive. They wouldn't tell us the food would arrive. And all the people backstage, all the stagehands, the, everybody would eat before us. And by the time it was our turn to eat, the food was cold. We had cold pizza. We had a, a lasagna that was cold. It was, who does that? Mm-mm. We ate basic, basically leftovers when we were provided a meal. I'm going to tell you, us eating was one of the crucial problems that one of the crucial problems I had because they weren't feeding us. I paid I think it was fifteen hundred dollars to compete in this pageant. One thousand five hundred dollars I believe was the entry fee. Or one thousand two hundred something like that. One thousand two hundred or one thousand five hundred something like that. To compete. But I'm not even eating. You guys aren't feeding me. That's why I went to the store because I had competed in another pageant that I heard didn't feed contestants. And when someone else said they had to eat because they lost so much weight. So I went to the store ahead of time because I was afraid of not eating or not wanting to eat what they served us. But they really did serve us cold food and deli sandwiches towards the end. But... Like, who, like, really? Okay, let me just keep going. I'm so sorry. <sighs> no, I'm not sorry. I'm just getting angry. Just reading this, I just, it, it's all coming back to me now. <laughs> we dealt with a swimsuit provider who spoke down on several of the women for their body shapes because her swimsuit were not fit for the bodies. This lady... And she was from somewhere, uh, some country in Africa. And she was a swimsuit designer. And she had samples of her swimsuits and she wanted us to, to take pictures in them. You know, like any other typical pageant swimsuit sponsors. And we had to go to her hotel room to try these swimsuits on. 
in front of people. Other contestants, but staff also of the pageant. Not a lot of staff, but staff nonetheless. Some staff who um, some of the contestants didn't feel comfortable changing in front of. And we would we'd strip down and put on these swimsuits. And she, I was in the room um, when she said this, but one of my pageant sisters told me that she's the designer told us she didn't have big enough boobs to fit this suit. And she wished that she had bigger boobs and that some girls were too big to strip these fit these suits. And she was kind of angry because none of her model sample sizes, quote unquote, fit our thick, luscious black woman bodies. Anyway, there was another incident that happened um, with me personally. Um, and this is what I wrote. I personally did not feel comfortable after doing what I thought was going to be a swimsuit photo shoot, quote unquote, which turned into a video shoot in the rain like it was a music video. I asked them to delete the footage because I did not want to be seen in that light and was not fully informed of how they were doing the shoot. They hopefully deleted the video when the other two women in the video also expressed similar disgust with the production. Okay, so another sip, hold on. I need to fill up. So we were doing a swimsuit shoot, like a photo shoot, which is what I thought was going to be a photo shoot. You know, Miss USA, Miss America, they do photo shoots, swimsuit sponsors throughout the city that they're in. Nothing out the ordinary, okay? So I'm thinking we're doing a photo shoot, and this, first of all, it starts raining. We're a black woman, like I keep saying. Not all of our hair is ours, you know what I'm saying? And it can't get wet. It can't, I don't know, we're not going to get our hair wet out here in this rain trying to get the shot. And one, we're in swimsuits outside in the rain. Not in a a fun thing, in a unorganized, hey, you're in your swimsuits trying on this stuff with a designer? Come outside real fast, let's take some pictures. It was so abrupt, it was so unscheduled, it was so unplanned. The people who were shooting it, the videographers and the photographers, wasn't even sure what to do. Like a, or of a concept. There was no storyboard behind this. There was no scene selection. There was no models chosen. It was just whoever was in the swimsuit at the time just come on outside. And apparently we were supposed to do it somewhere else, but the buses weren't running because it was raining. I guess buses wasn't going to work in the rain. So they kept us in a hotel in the lobby. And they told us to go next door to their sister hotel because there were so many of us. And we was doing all this stuff. We were just sitting in there. We didn't know what we was doing. And we're all like, Half naked. Some of us are in. Uh, it's the same day. This isn't the same day. Some of us are in our red swimsuits, and they, there is, they still had no direction for any other video shoots that they wanted, uh, any of the shots they wanted for this show that they put on TV. So they just had us doing all the stuff just off the cuff. There was no no security watching over the girls in these swimsuits. We some of the girls went. To the city, like downtown, in swimsuits at nine o'clock at night to do a shoot in the in this fountain, where a homeless guy probably pees in, and there's people walking up taking pictures of them, and there's no we have no license to be in this park. It was a mess. Like, okay, anyway, back to the shoot that I was involved in. So they told me and two other girls to come outside and do the shoot, and I'm super excited. This is one of my favorite parts because I think I worked hard for my body and I wanted to show off. This cute little swimsuit, I looked nice in it. It was orange, had African print. I was doing it, not gonna lie. And I was excited. Like, I'm excited for this swimsuit shoot. I think it's gonna be cute. It's gonna be something that's thought out, something that's like a, a Fidel kind of shoot. No. They to- they grabbed two of the lounge chairs that's outside of the hotels that you sit outside and smoke in, and a table. And they had one of the girls sit on a table, and they had the two chairs. Um, facing their backs of the two chairs. It was a chair, the table, and the chair, and the backs of the chairs was to the table. So the girls sat on the table, and they wanted me to lay across this chair um, in my swimsuit. So on the armrest, my feet was on one armrest, 
and my upper body was on the other armrest and my butt was obviously on the cushion, like laid out. And the other girl was kind of like laid out too. And I have a degree in news and communications. I spent a lot of time behind the camera. So I know how shots look and I know what kind of shots you're getting. And I know if you're taking a video or a photo. And some of the stuff is basic knowledge. But I know how shots look because I've been behind the camera in that viewfinder that I know what they're getting. And I can, I, I'm so good, I think, that I can even tell people, oh, like, you know, just go this way or just turn this way. Um, or you can get a good shot if you do this. Or look at the sun coming this way. You can get a good shot if you come this way. That's why I do what I do now as a reporter. So I could tell based on how the camera was moving up my body, like from my toes up my body, what kind of shot they were looking at. And I didn't feel comfortable in that position. I signed up to do photos and then signed up to do videos. And they kept telling us, just look good, just look good. And it's raining on us. It's literally raining on our foreheads. Telling, and they're telling us to look good and, and hurry up. And we're half naked outside in the rain. We could have kissed pneumonia. That's real. Pneumonia is real. And they just have us just out here, just out here. And the people who are shooting, there's three guys, a director, I'm guessing, but they all had cameras. And they were just, just moving around our bodies, not really getting any face shots, but leg shots, butt shots, um, boob shots. And I didn't want to be seen in that light. I have taught college. I consider myself a college professor, too, and a force of academia. And being a person in academia, I don't want to be seen as someone who might choose another lifestyle, such as doing videos. And that's the way that I felt like I looked, because not only was I half naked, but they weren't getting any beauty shots. They were getting more um, full body shots. And that's not what I signed up for. And we went to disclose this information during the shoot, before the shoot, of what they're getting, how they're getting. They're just told to sit down, be still, and smile. So we weren't even sure of how this was supposed to look. And I'm pretty sure it didn't look good because half our faces were trying to avoid the rain. And it wasn't until me and the two girls went to the bathroom afterwards to, like, dry off. And well, I was like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really... Was feel, I wasn't really feeling that. Like, I don't like the way that they were doing that. And someone else was like, yeah, I feel like I was in a video. Like, I didn't like that. I felt like I was in a video. And the other girl agreed, too. She, she, we all felt uncomfortable. And it was only the three of us in the bathroom at this time. And someone did walk in, someone outside of the pageant organization, but someone still like a volunteer. She walked in, and we expressed our distaste for this pageant, um, for that shot. And we weren't sure how to go about it, because we, we, all three of us, was completely uncomfortable. All three of us were uncomfortable with the way that they shot us. And so I went to Alita, and I, or no, I didn't go to Alita. I went to a former queen, and I said, look, me and these other two girls just did this shoot, and it wasn't what we thought it was. We don't think we're going to like the video, the footage of it. Can you delete it? Or can you ask Alita to delete it? Or how should we go about it? Something like that. Some kind of conversation I had. And she's like, oh. Like, she expressed concern for our situation. And then she went and, I guess, told Alita that we didn't like it. And then Alita came, I believe, talked to me. I don't necessarily remember how everything happened in order. But I do remember Alita saying that she'll delete it. And she'll delete. She, I remember her saying that she will delete it. Cause I, I even had the girls back up, back me up, the other two, cause I didn't want to go alone. Cause obviously I was like, you know, if they wanted, it, they just edit me out. All three of us wanted it gone. All three of us wanted it gone. I haven't watched the broadcast of it. I don't know if they used it, but I do know that she said that she will delete it. Afterwards, that same day, like an hour later. Alita gathered all 23 of us together and we had our first discussion with her about the way we were being treated. I mentioned this in the what I wrote. And we I think we approached her. 
so that's why i said hopefully they hopefully delete the video when the other two women in the video also expressed similar disgust with the production later the same day all 23 of us went to the executive producer alita for the first time to talk about our week and to find a solution she was not hearing us out and dismissed our claims we all went to her again in the middle of prelims so during the swimsuit shoot it had to be probably like wednesday or tuesday it was scheduled for one day but it was pushed back to another day because again they were completely disorganized um so the schedule that they gave us was just a tentative schedule it was just you could just do it out the window because we didn't do anything that they scheduled us to do on those days besides wake up um where's i even going with that um so we talked to alita probably on wednesday or tuesday about our life since sunday and how we were all upset we all was gathered around talking to her in the lobby all 23 of us not everybody spoke up obviously because you can't have a discussion if we're all attacking one person but we just said that we didn't like what we, how we were being treated and it's deeper than what i'm kind of explaining to you guys because a lot of it is kind of one fuzzy but just it was a lot of small things it was like a lot of like microaggressions, you know, they would just say something off the wall or they'll tell us to wake up at 6 a.m., be downstairs at 6 a.m. And then I remember I remember one time I woke up at 6 a.m. They said, oh, makeup, hair and makeup be ready for you at 6 a.m. be here. And I wanted to get there first. So I woke up, went downstairs. It was completely dark. There was nobody there but the hotel, the one person at the desk, the concierge. And I was like, is there any makeup artist? They're like, no, ain't no one walked in here. So why are you telling us to wake up at 5 a.m., 6 a.m., and there's no makeup artist here? They didn't know they had to be there. It was little things like that. No one was getting any communication. Like on day four, they created a group chat for us on GroupMe. One of the volunteers, one of the younger volunteers did that to help us out because no one knew anything. The makeup artists didn't know anything. Apparently, some of them were only asked to volunteer, and they they were doing our makeup. Like I said, they only had two. So they had more people join in and they didn't know that they weren't getting paid. So they were using all of their products on us, all 23 of us, for these fake photo shoots that didn't even happen or wasn't going to happen or was canceled or moved or all, or all this other stuff. And we're just sitting here, walking around here with our head cut off our necks because we don't know what the heck is going on in this whole pageant. And we're thinking that is rigged like the fire festival. I keep coming back to that. It's the same confusion those people had. Like, oh, this looks good from the outside. But now that we're in here, things ain't making sense. Like, why am I sitting in a line to get my bed? Where are the beds at? What's with these hurricane tents? Why am I on a bus? Where's the private jet? Things like this is the question that we was asking. Why do you only have two makeup artists for 23 girls when we all gave you $1,500? We did get a hotel stay, but I was told the city of Kansas City officials paid for that. They have $125,000 that just went poof in the air because it didn't go to our food. We were supposed to rehearse. Okay, I'm fast forwarding. We were supposed to rehearse, but we didn't even have the venue. The venue wasn't even booked out to us. We were literally backstage in the dressing room. There's a whole band concert, band, band camp going on on the stage that we're supposed to be rehearsing at. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm getting too far ahead of myself. Going back to the swimsuit shoot. So we all talked to Alita about the problems that we had that week. And it had only, it was just before prelims started. Prelims was on Thursday. So we went to her before even prelims about like, look, we're just not being treated right. Like, we don't like this, we don't like that. And she wasn't listening at all. She was not hearing us at all. She's like, uh, what 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 problems are you guys having? The only problems I know is the one with, with Brittany and them. They're talking about me. Oh, oh, so now you're going to throw my name underneath here. So I was like, and then a lot of people did hype me up or motivated me to go to Alita. Because I, I felt so disgusting after my shoot. Because I'm like, I'm not trying to be a video vixen. Like, I don't want to be seen in this light. And I know, like, it's out there. It's already recorded. You can't honestly delete anything. But I just didn't want to be seen like that, like, at all. Like, that's not the image I'm going for as a brand. And some people were like, you know, just go, just tell her, just tell her, just tell her. So that's why I need the other two girls to back me up. Fast forward to probably, I can look at the messages, January. 
mid-January, probably early January, Alita texts my phone and says, you know what? Matter of fact, let me just bring it up and look for it real fast. I probably deleted it, to be honest with you, because I just can't have that kind of stuff in my psyche. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, this was December 26th. I thought it was sooner than that. So on December 26th at 8.48 in the morning, granted, I'm central time, so this is 7.48 in the morning, my time. This is Alita. Hello, season's greetings. We are still editing because we're putting this, this stuff that we shot in August on TV in February. For one reason or another, they're airing a pageant six months later. We already know who won, but to each his own, you know, whatever. Season's greetings. We are still editing. Finished all the swim stuff, but found beautiful footage of you in the African print. Hmm. I have a release, but since you mentioned something, respectfully, I ask if you want me to include it in the TV show. It is awesome. You can make use of the footage. You look great. Let me know ASAP. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, what? What did you just say? So I had to read it again, you know what I'm saying? Finished finished all the swim stuff, but found beautiful footage of you in the African print, I have a release, but since you mentioned something, respectfully, I ask if you want me to include it in the TV show. It is awesome. You can make use of the footage. You look great. Let me know ASAP. Mm-hmm. No less than 30 seconds after she sent me this, she called me. I'm not a morning person. I don't really respond to calls in the morning. This is 7.48 my time, you guys. Not even 8 a.m. on a Wednesday. The day after Christmas. December 26th. Calls me and asks me the same question. Oh, did you get my text? Yeah, just got it. Hi. I ain't finished reading it. It's an Android. I got four messages. And she's like, oh, I have footage of this. And I was like... Is it the same footage you apparently claimed you deleted in August? What footage could you possibly have of me in this African print that you didn't say you was going to delete four months ago? So, you lied. And the fact that she said, the fact that she even said, I have a release, but since you mentioned something, so you remember that I mentioned something, yet you didn't remember that I mentioned and I asked you to delete it? That's the kind of mind control manipulation all of us kind of went through that week. We were really put down for what we thought and what we want to speak up for by Alita and friends. I don't know why. I don't know why. I feel like they really just wanted us to push their agenda about this pageant so they can have more girls compete next year and have more girls compete the year after that, but then mistreat them along the way. That's why I'm so passionate about speaking out against this system and against this organization the miss black america organization not pageants as a whole other pageants have their own own problems but the miss black america pageant is recruiting african-american women and exploiting them so they can have money let me just finish this letter She was not hearing us out and dismissed our claims. We all went to her again in the middle of prelims when the curtains were closed to talk about our mistreatment, and she was still not trying to hear us out. 
We were broken by that time and had to voice our concern right then and there. This is in the middle of prelims, you guys. In the middle of the show. While the curtains are closed, we're standing on a thing in our prelims outfit, whatever we had on. I don't remember what it was. Um, behind the curtains, while the audience is waiting for us to come back out on stage, we're just like, we can't. They were making stuff up for us to do during prelims. During prelims. They're like, look, you guys are going to do this. And we're just like, the show is running. Like, we should have rehearsed this. Why didn't we rehearse this? How are you going to continue directing us from behind the scenes during the show? (sighs) Okay. We were so broken by the time and had to voice our concerns right then and there. This is only a small summary of our experiences. When several of us went to tell a current Miss Black America Queen about our terrible week and experiences, she started breaking down and crying. This was in public on our bus during a 10 p.m. bikini photo shoot in the middle of downtown Kansas City. Several of us opted out of the shoot because onlookers were taking pictures and there was no proper form of security for us. The former title holders told us she was saddened because nothing had changed from when she competed a few years back. She says she had to sit out one day during pageant week because she was malnourished and they fed the woman cold pizza. Some of the ethics behind the Miss Black America pageant and the scoring system were questionable considering someone won the overall talent award, who ultimately deserved it, and was not even called to be top 10 in talent. The finals night show started late and ran until 3 o'clock in the morning. Yes, we were crowning the queen at 3 A.M. Many of the women in audience just left and went home. And that, you guys, is where I'm going to end this and give you guys part two. So stay tuned.